Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. My guests today are Chris Dumphy and Cherie Viard, who are Technomadia, and our topic will be staying connected while looping. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Beneteau, Curtis Stokes & Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage all of our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. Chris and Cherie, thank you for joining me on Great Loop Radio today, um, and welcome to Charleston. Thank you, and thank you for joining us on Why Not? So the reason I wanted you to join us is because, first of all, you're loopers, you're slow loopers. Sloopers. Sloopers, I've heard that recently. That was a new one. Yes, we hashtag slooper now. Yes. Did, did you start that? Because, yes, we did. Like I said, yes. I saw that recently and went, oh, that's so cool. Okay, we we so, are absolutely in no rush. Yeah, right. So you're sloopers. Um, tell us kind of where you started the loop and how far you've come so far. So we purchased our boat in Punta Gorda, Florida back in March 2017. And it's been about two and a half years later and we've made it around Florida. We finally crossed out of Florida made it through Georgia and now we're in Charleston so two and a half years and two we and just half states and actually <laughs> arriving to Charleston was our 1,000th looping, looping mile, mile. Mm-hmm. and we did do a side trip to, uh, did the St. John's River side trip over the the winter mm-hmm. as well all so. the way up to Sanford which is a wonderful side trip highly recommend that for anybody and uh, yeah so and we managed to be also scheduled being in the Keys for Irma so we've had quite a few interesting adventures along the way that is an adventure I'm sure that's probably a story for another <laughs> podcast in fact as hurricane season is upon us um, but one of the things that's really I think pretty unique about you two is you didn't wait for retirement to do this adventure um, you work aboard and you make your living kind of helping other people that are doing this so that's the main topic is we want to talk about staying connected really while you're looping but tell us just kind of briefly how this came to be the your lifestyle and the way you also support yourselves so chris hit the road solo in 2006 i was silicon valley and um, ready to do something different and uh addicted myself and set off in a tiny tiny little rv and did not expect to meet somebody who wanted to move in with me that first year. <laughs> and we met online. I mm-hmm. was in Florida, and he was in California at the time. And in order for me to continue my career, I was a software developer. I had to have internet to work remotely. And I was already doing personal travel and using my smartphone to hotspot mm-hmm. to get my laptop online so I could do my basics. So I was already familiar with working remotely and using mobile internet. And we were both bloggers at the time. We uh, just both shared our lives online. And we just combined our two blogs into one, Technomadia. Mm -hmm. And we're just sharing about our journey. And people kept asking, well, how can I do that too? And how are you getting internet to Mm -hmm. work remotely? And it was a lot harder back then. But, you know, we shared and wrote a lot about it and gave a lot of guidance and stuff. But it was always just kind of sharing on the side while we were doing our other work. Until we eventually, uh, well, one, one day Sheree's like, you know, I'm tired of all these questions. I'm just going to combine all the blog posts we've written about internet and make a book. And mm-hmm. so people can point, go to one place about this. And so, boom, turned it into a book. That was 2013. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently technology changes <laughs> quite a bit. So the book Often. is instantly out of date. Mm-hmm. So a year later, we've got this book out there that people are still buying and they're loving. And there's nothing out there like it at the time for RVers. And... 
we had to update it. So we did a funding campaign so that we could take a couple of months off of our other income earning projects that we were on and rewrite the book. And with that, we launched the Mobile Internet Resource Center as a mm -hmm. website, and it's a membership-funded thing, very much like the AGLCA is, uh, so that we don't have, so we can be unbiased in our reviews and what we cover. So we're kind of a, a news center, uh, tracking news about you know when Verizon does this or new new Wi-Fi device does this, a new type of antenna, all the all anything news or plan worthy and stuff like that we cover and give deeper insights and deeper um, you know a lot of it's covered for free and in, in the public and then deeper stuff for the members and that took off you know we, we still thought that was going to be a little side project for us but over the years that's grown that we fired all our other clients and other projects and stuff and that's now our main focus yeah and when i first found out you were coming to charleston um and this is exciting for me because i usually do these on the phone but we're actually <laughs> sitting here face to face today um but i kind of debated immediately do i want to talk to them on the podcast about you know tips for both working aboard but also kind of transitioning doing this into making money while you're doing this and i've gotten requests for that and i definitely want to do that we may have to do that one by phone but today I wanted to focus on the issue that kind of all cruisers, especially loopers, struggle with. And that is what your specialty is, and that is how do you stay connected? Um, and as you said, the, the Mobile Internet Resource Center, did I get that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Has a lot of resources, and of course I've looked at those, and there's great stuff out there, so I really encourage everyone to visit that. Um, but, you know, kind of the trifecta of connectivity that everybody's looking at while they're wandering out there is having it everywhere reliable high speeds and, and not that expensive <laughs> exactly and, and unlimited data and unlimited sure, yes. yeah. so you know i guess that's more than the trifecta because i think we named five but um does it exist you know is that a dream for most people and do most people really even need that so you know we're all different in, in our when we're cruising or rving or however you're traveling maybe you're not working online so it's not critical mm -hmm. but you want to keep in touch with your friends and family you maybe have a blog that you want to keep updated you want to watch netflix i mean yeah. i mean how cool mm -hmm. is it to be an anchor and watch netflix i right. mean that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> but but so some people it is critical to their job if they're not able to be logged on and in, in a video conference at 9 a.m they're they're fired and they're cruising dreams go away you know they're making it work so some people it's all about they need connectivity they need to invest in all the, the gear and the tricks and everything like that other people it's kind of secondary but it is possible whichever end of the extreme you want to go um to to make it work right so one of the things that you mention um in the public part of your site is kind of considering your internet arsenal and what yes. you're going to need for connectivity mm -hmm. and you give people some questions to ask themselves to try and start to figure that out so walk us through some of that what do people have to think about before they really can decide what they need while they're cruising so it all starts with understanding your personal mobile internet needs mm -hmm. how important is it to you are you working online is it critical I mean, we're navigating. We're we're having to check weather. We're having to yeah. check in at our next marina. There's a lot of things that we as loopers now are doing online that kind of rank up there in the critical field. Right, group beyond group. just trying to yeah. work if, if right. you work aboard. Yeah. It's Absolutely. it's our safety, our, our mm -hmm. navigation. It's all intertwined now yeah. with mm -hmm. mo with internet access. But then and now it also comes down to what type of connection you need. So you know, a lot of the things that are the, those that Shri just described don't take a lot of data, don't take a lot of speed. Um, but if you do want to stream Netflix, that's a whole other story. And if you are doing a lot of two-way video stuff, which uh, some people do, 
um, that requires more upload performance, which is a lot trickier to get. So you've got to kind of know what your personal needs are. Do you need fast downloads? Do you need fast uploads? Do you just need connectivity everywhere? Can you get connectivity once a day, or do you need it basically mm -hmm. nonstop? Yeah. Are you okay just logging in and getting a weather download, yep. updating your maps on your, yep. your devices, right. You know, which just needs a little bit of data when you want it? Or do you need a lot of data to keep to, to do yes. what you need to do or want to do online? And those are the things to really look at. And then how are you traveling? Mm -hmm. Now, in RVing, it's very different because people, there's so many different styles of RVing. Looping, we all pretty much know the path we're going. We just, <laughs> look up, we just, we just wake up in the morning, right. we look at our burging, we say, ah, that direction. That <laughs> the burging is not to be used for navigation, by the way. <laughs> oh, oops. <laughs> um, but we, th there's a general path that we're going on. Exactly. And most of our waterways are within reach of connectivity. We're not going offshore that often. And we're only got one other country to worry about, really. It's right. Canada, so it's not like you have to, to think about exotic ports of call. And that really is, I think, one of the reasons mm -hmm. um, that the loop is a more comfortable undertaking for some people. Right. Especially if they're still working. Yes. Um, but even if they're not, it, it, this is not an ocean crossing. So you're right. not going to be out of touch, whether that connectivity is to check in with your children or it's to check in with your boss. Right. Most places you do have it, but as you're saying... Mm -hmm your cruising style is probably going to depend be one yeah. of the things to consider when right. you're deciding right. what kind right. of internet you need exactly i mean if you're going from marina to marina and you're following the seasons you're probably going to be places where you can get an internet connection whether it's at your marina's wi-fi mm -hmm. and logging into that or a cellular data plan are going to be the two most likely options that loopers are going to utilize mm -hmm. and uh, yeah most marinas um the, the, probably all experienced most marina wi-fi isn't usually all that great <laughs> that's an understatement chris <laughs> we, we have run into a few that have amazing wi-fi but it's rare and far between and you can't count on it that's the important thing is you don't know exactly. until you get there whether it's good or not so most people have to, to to have a cellular option and well most marinas probably have some sort of cell coverage and maybe not all the carriers have coverage there but if you have um, a Verizon and AT&T both on board, you have pretty good odds of getting online just about anywhere that is a commercial business. So let, let's talk about that a little bit more because um, you kind of outline three options, that being cell service, Wi-Fi, and satellite, right. all right. with different costs, all with different uses, really. Yep. Um, most everybody on the loop is going to have a cell plan mm -hmm. of some kind. Right. Yes. Um, so talk to us about what, you know, and one of the things you recommended that I saw is look at what you already have. Mm -hmm. um, so for an average looper, what kind of cell plan do they need? And um, the the age-old question that I get all the time, which carrier has the best <laughs> coverage? <laughs> so a lot of the loop is east of the Mississippi or mm -hmm. on the Mississippi. But so any of the four carriers are probably going to give you really decent coverage. Mm -hmm. Verizon is known as having the best coverage map. AT&T is a close second. T-Mobile is expanding their coverage very rapidly. And Sprint is Sprint. Sprint is. Way in fourth place. But, <laughs> but, but Sprint and T-Mobile are potentially merging, right. and that could close any day now. And even if it doesn't happen, Sprint is gaining rights to roam onto T-Mobile, so their coverage is ramping up rapidly as mm -hmm. well. So for the loop, I think picking one or two of the four nationwide carriers is going to keep most loopers connected most of the time. Mm -hmm. it's particularly the two big ones, Verizon and AT&T. 
And the, probably the most valuable thing anybody can do is, is if connectivity is at all important to you, is have a little bit of redundancy. Like we all know about redundancy on boats. And I like to think of having two different carriers on available as like jumping out of an airplane. You want a reserve parachute. Even if you use your main parachute 99% of the time, you really, really want it that other 1% of the time. It's the same with getting connected. You might be on Verizon 95% of the time or 85%, but having a T-Mobile or an AT&T in your back pocket makes all the difference and from some days you can't get connected on the main one. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, the plans available okay. because a lot of loopers may already have a cellular plan. Mm -hmm. um, they may be using far less data in their life on land right. than they're going to be using aboard. Mm -hmm. So how do they kind of know what, what's right. a good way to tell what plan maybe you should, and of course that always changes too, yes. but what it's do you always changing. at this point? So the first thing to understand about cellular data plans is the carriers have designed them to meet what is their typical customer, which is someone who has a home internet option, cable or DSL, in their sticks and bricks home. And they probably have internet at work as well, wired internet there. So the cell, cellular data plans that come for our smartphones are designed for someone who is just needing connectivity when they're away from their house or their office to maybe check their email, check the weather, do routing. And in the case of a looper, they might be away from their house or office for an entire year straight. So right. it's a whole different amount of data needs. So looking for a data plan that can serve as a home internet replacement while you're cruising is what is key. And the feature that really sets that apart when you're looking at a data plan is how much high-speed mobile hotspot use is included in that data plan. And that's data and that, you can use to get your laptops and your tablets and even your TVs online. Yeah, because a lot of the cellular plans out there that the carriers offer now are unlimited. I, I'm putting air quotes up. If you can't <laughs> see that in a podcast, unlimited with quotes around it. Right. And what that means is you have unlimited data on your smartphone. So you can stream Netflix on your smartphone. You can download all the games you want. You, know, you can anything. do your, set your anchor alarm. You can do anything. Basically. You know, whatever you can listen to podcasts yeah. on your smartphone. But if you want to do something on your laptop or you want to have to stream something on your t television that's right. coming for, through like a Roku or a Chromecast, mm -hmm. you need hotspot data. Yeah. And most of the consumer cellular data plans that are out there have at most 15 to 20 gigabytes of high-speed mobile hotspot use included. Mm -hmm. That's as of today. Probably by the time this goes live, that's all changed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we, there are several data plans out there that we track that do have what we consider usable amounts of data for high-speed mobile hotspot. And we have a, a guide to that. And uh, okay. it's at mobileinternetinfo.com slash plan picks. And we are constantly updating that as the plans come and go. And, and particularly because some, some of the great plans, they'll come and they might be like a like there was for a long time a $20 plan you can get on AT&T that if you knew how to use it was a real unlimited hotspot plan. You know, run all your things all the time and use as much data as you wanted. Only $20 a month. That was around for an entire year until AT&T realized it and closed the door. But we're like saying, get this now. Because <laughs> if you get it, usually these plans that are too good to be true, you can keep after they go away. Right. So so for those who maybe haven't looked into this, <laughs> tell us a little bit about what you mean by mobile hotspot. Okay. So, so and, and the difference, and if there's a difference, is there a difference between a hotspot that's its own device and a, right. when you turn your phone on it as a hotspot? Right. So that, that is a good distinction to make. And the industry has made it confusing by using the same terminology for two different <laughs> mm -hmm. things. So on a smartphone, we tend to use the word personal mobile hotspot. And that's where you go into your settings and actually turn your phone into its own Wi-Fi network mm -hmm. that laptops and other devices can connect to. 
So that's one way of getting hotspot data, and that works for a lot of people as a mobile internet connection. Mm -hmm. There are downsides to it. Mm -hmm. Smartphones fall asleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If if you're using the phone for something else, that is a downside. Somebody can, if you're sharing the connection, somebody goes for a walk, your internet goes off for a walk with them if it's in their pocket. Or if you have things you want to remote into to your boat when you're away, like Mm -hmm. checking your anchor, um, checking a a monitoring system or something like that, you want a data device that is left on the boat and on all the time so you can take your smartphones with you and that's where mobile hotspot devices come in and these are they're about the same size as a smartphone but they don't have the phone features in it it's data only so it takes the cell signal and makes a wi-fi hotspot out of it and uh, some of them are very basic they just like the size of a hockey puck and stuff and then you can go a step up to have cellular integrated routers that are often well suited for building into a boat where they're not running off a battery they're actually mm-hmm. running off your 12 volt system or 24 volt system and just powered full time and providing both a wired and wireless network for an entire boat and those are mm-hmm. and there's also another device. step up is there are companies that are packaging together basically a router inside a radar dome yes. that you can mount on the outside of your boat that has bigger better antennas and and goes outside and they're in a specialty market and designing these packages that you can buy and, and have yeah. a boat-wide internet. Yeah. Yeah. So one quick question about that. If you are turning your phone into a personal mobile hotspot, does that count on your data plan? You know, if you have a data plan that doesn't have unlimited hotspot usage, is that counting towards that hotspot usage or is that yeah, so, in a different bucket somehow? So yeah. if you are using every bit of data that you use over a hotspot, is going Regardless to count against okay. your hotspot bucket. So if you're okay. like on the Verizon, a quote-unquote unlimited plan you've got 15 gigabytes of high-speed hotspot usage if you're connected to your laptop you know once you hit that 15 gigabytes you are going to get super slow speeds okay so we talked about you know the things everybody's looking for fast reliable cheap rate this option cellular option on those different categories if you do your homework and catch the right plans um, <laughs> cellular data can meet check all of those boxes mm-hmm. yes. Now, if you don't do research and you go to a Verizon store and you buy whatever the representative is trying to sell you, you're probably not going to check any of those boxes. Okay, <laughs> Okay, but sounds like a very um, realistic option for most loopers. So, cellular yes. is super, super practical. Mm-hmm. And you know you can do things with Wi-Fi, but it's usually not really worth investing too much in Wi-Fi because the, the you can put a lot of great long-range Wi-Fi stuff on your boat, but if the marinas and the high access points aren't great, Nothing you do on your end can improve that. Right. And then satellite on boats is really tricky because um, high bandwidth satellites require a precise aim locked in place. And on a boat that's rocking and rolling and moving, that's basically impossible to do without ridiculously expensive antennas. Basically, most of us loopers don't have the budget to do mobile <laughs> satellite on a boat. Right. Yeah. It Sat- is available, but you kind of need a... Uh, a really yeah. like government level commercial budget. Yes. That's all going to change in a, co- in a couple of years. There's a lot of interesting satellite stuff coming, but in the meantime, for most looper type budgets, mm-hmm. um, satellite is still great for emergency messaging, something like an inReach where you can just send text messages and get weather updates anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. regardless of cell coverage, but you're not going to even post a picture or do anything, right. surf the web on that. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and play a message from one of our sponsors. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about, um, I think, the Wi-Fi option, because we really didn't explore that too much. So we'll be back in a moment. Northport Bay Boatyard is a complete marine service facility located on Grand Traverse Bay in Northport, Michigan. 
They feature over 85,000 square feet of heated storage, and they are offering loopers a 10% discount on heated storage, as well as a winter labor rate of $75. That's a $10 discount off their usual rate. For more information, visit www.npbby.com or call 231-386-5151. Northport Bay Boatyard is a proud commander sponsor of AGLCA. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guests today are Cherie and Chris, and they are Technomadia. Um, you've probably come across their website, particularly if you're an RVer, because you've both started your business in that world and are now on the Great Loop. And we're talking about the options for staying connected while you're looping. We've kind of talked about cellular data, which is a great option for most. Um, we mentioned that you know your cruising style does have something to do with what might be your best option. So for somebody who tends to go from marina to marina, um, and we've joked a little bit about not all marina Wi-Fi is created equal, um, but is there any cruising style that you would say, okay, maybe you don't need an unlimited cell data plan and you can rely as much as you can rely on, on Wi-Fi, um, public Wi-Fi, whether it's the marina, whether it's another nearby spot. Does that ever work for people? Yeah, it definitely can work. Mm -hmm. um, for someone who is going marina to marina, who doesn't have a lot of critical or high bandwidth needs. So you're not doing video broadcasts. You're not having to check in with an office. Um, a lot of people make do with public Wi-Fi just fine. And a marina that does it well can be great. Can be great. And th there are more and more, yeah. by the there way, are. that I'm finding that are doing it well. Mm -hmm. I used to think a marina must be the hardest thing in the world to create a Wi-Fi mm -hmm. network for because they all were awful. But more and more, I'm finding some that actually are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. so um, OnSpot is one company that a lot of marinas are contracting to come in and build their Wi-Fi networks. And we're finding if well, a marina has OnSpot... It's often pretty good. It's, mm -hmm. it's usable mm -hmm. anyway. I'm not going to rely on it for my needs because we have to... And we use a lot of data. That's not fair to our neighbors. <laughs> if I'm using a lot of data to take away that bandwidth from yes. others. Um, but for someone who's just needing to check email, check the weather... Uh, plan their next routing to their next stop. You can totally do that at a marina, or maybe you find a co the coffee shop next door and you just take your laptop yeah. there. Yeah. Quite a few people will commute. You know, you know, it's a great way to excuse to go for a walk down, find a library, find a park. You know, there's a lot of places that have public Wi-Fi that is probably okay. And you know, go do, do your online things. And yeah, you can definitely get by, particularly if you're not needing to work and not needing to keep an online schedule without having fancier plans. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people find it fun to <laughs> have Wi-Fi extending antennas on their boat that they will anchor offshore and try to find an open and free Wi-Fi <laughs> network that they can utilize. It's an extra challenge. It's a challenge <laughs> and it can be done. We know people who do that. Mm -hmm. I personally have better things to do with my time than well, we, we end up doing that because we have to test we, it so yes, we, we do, do that to test right. but um you know when i want to be online i just want to I, turn it on and go i don't want to have to go and try 20 different networks that my equipment might be setting up right um and seeing which one works best right. but some people that don't mind fun. that that's that's the cost they're willing to pay is right. their time to find the solution sure. what about a wi-fi extender does that really work uh, well it, it can work pretty well so one of the first things we talk about is a wi-fi worthiness test is if you're in a marina and stuff um before you worry about your extender or anything like that is walk with your laptop up to the front office where the access point is and see if it's the connection is good there if it's horrible there your extender is not going to help get a better connection in the boat but if it's good up at the front and it's horrible at your boat 
an extender might help. Or if you're out in a mooring field and there's um, Wi-Fi on the docks, an extender can definitely go help you get a good signal further away than your laptop or phones alone can. Okay. So, but it obviously can't fix a bad signal. It right. It's, it if it's bad to start. Right. <laughs> okay. So let's go back to your, your arsenal of your equipment that you're going to have. If you're relying on your smart devices, obviously you need the smart devices, you need a cell plan, and you need a hotspot. Anything else that you would put in the arsenal for that looper that's using that method? So cellular signal can be finicky. So if you're close to a tower and have a strong signal, our devices can do amazing things with the signal and get us really reliable speeds. But if you're on the edge of signal, it can be very slow to a point where it takes minutes for a web page to load or you mm -hmm. can't even stream yeah, video. The signal is in and out so, and you keep dropping. That's when you want to look to either antennas that can attach directly into a hotspot device that has antenna ports. That's an advantage of going with a mobile hotspot device or a router. Because phones no longer have antenna ports, so you can't put external okay. antennas okay. on a phone. Or a cellular booster allows mm -hmm. you to take a signal from outside and rebroadcast it and amplify it inside of your boat. And that's where things like smartphones and tablets that don't have antenna ports can get an enhanced signal and those can make a huge difference in the stability of a connection on cellular okay very good to know i'm sure it varies greatly but can you give us a range of prices for those two devices well not not smartphone devices but, yeah. you know, extender. but like one of the favorite things we point people to if they have a mobile hotspot with antenna ports is a, just a simple 30 dollar antenna that suction cups into your windows and can work magic so mm -hmm. the problem with it though is it's directional so if you're at anchor at anchor and you're swinging it's it's it swings around so we try to lean boaters towards omnidirectional antennas especially mm -hmm. those that are doing any anchoring out um if you're at a marina sometimes it works well because you can aim it and your yeah. boat's going to pretty much stay it's in the same direction a different direction mm -hmm. in the marina hopefully not <laughs> <laughs> but you have other things to worry about right your exactly if that's happening but for use in motion mm -hmm. which i'm including being at anchor um, you want an omnidirectional antenna. And there are antenna-only options that range in price from about, I'd say $50 up to about $400 is the range for an antenna. A booster, which mm -hmm. we talked about, those range in price are, they're in the $500 to $600 range. Okay. So the they're booster less... may be getting a little bit up there for right. somebody who's not really trying to yeah. work aboard right. or doesn't right. have a critical need to be right. connected. Exactly. But an antenna to, to, to get a better signal on the mm -hmm. devices might be worthwhile mm -hmm. for many. Um, what about what goes in the arsenal for somebody who doesn't do a lot of video streaming and thinks they're mostly going to be relying on Marina Wi-Fi? Um, you just need a, a, a device that can pick up Wi-Fi. So, yeah. I mean, if you're comfortable with, if you can't get good enough signal on your boat mm -hmm. in, when you're in the marina on your laptop, going to the laundry room or to the office and getting done what you need to done, you don't need anything else. Yeah. And if you do want some sort of Wi-Fi extenders, there there are some basic ones that, that are, are pretty affordable, even under $100. Or you can get some fancier ones that will be marine rated and mount um, up, on a, up on your uh, radar mm -hmm. arch or something. Mm -hmm. And those, some of the ones particularly, the targeting the boating market get to marine prices up maybe sometimes even up to thousand dollars yeah. yeah yeah i was on a looper boat not too long ago a, a new boat um and the multifunction display at the helm could stream netflix on there mm -hmm. and i thought that's so cool but i wonder but how much data that uses <laughs> <laughs> and how are you doing that while you're piloting the boat? um but it was just uh you know the world has changed it definitely has. so much <laughs> in fact just in the time i've been doing this which isn't all that long but I can remember being at um, 
a rendezvous at Joe Wheeler State Park, which, by the way, is an internet black hole. Um, we might need you to come out there and help us out at the rendezvous with that. Um, but there was a, a looper who had um, a pacemaker, and there was some sort of a recall that had just come out on her pacemaker, and the way that she had to get information while she was at Joe Wheeler State Park was to drive to a library uh -huh. where they would have a newspaper. And that was less than 10 years ago. Right. So, uh -huh. and you know, now we're talking about we're streaming Netflix on our multifunction devices right there at our home station. Um, <laughs> so it's a different world. And as we said, these plans are gonna keep changing and the recommendations are going to keep changing. That's so keeps that, us very busy. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's why your service is important and needed. So tell our listeners once again, your website and what they'll find there. So uh, mobileinternetinfo.com is the website and there you'll find our news center where we're tracking the latest news and analyzing it specifically for how it impacts RVers and cruisers. Uh, we also have a gear center that we're reviewing and overviewing a ton of mobile internet gear. So from boosters, antennas, we test all the stuff and and yeah, we cover basically everything that we could think of um, from high end to low end, um, all sorts of budgets. And uh, we have a bunch of guides mm -hmm. uh, that just walk you through like how to get television and entertainment on the road and tics, trips, uh, tips for that, um, homeschooling kids if you're doing that. Mm -hmm. We have uh, even a video gaming guide, yeah. We have a video gaming <laughs> guide over mobile internet, you know, and everything from how to get a better cell signal and, you know, tracking how, data plans. How to understand your like speed test results, how to tweak your connection, all sorts of stuff like that. And all of our guides, they all start off with a, a pretty substantial free sections usually. Mm -hmm. And then, because we, we like to do this as a public service and help as many people as we can. And then for the members who are supporting us, they get a lot more um, right. deeper content. So give us that website one more time. Mobile internetinfo.com and that is uh, Chris and Cherie's business website but you also have uh, Technomadia which yes. is a different site obviously yes. but also a different purpose so just share a little bit about that. That's just our personal fun space that's where we're sharing about our Great Loop journey. Yes yeah, so we've got 13 years of history of travel shared there um, and we also have a YouTube channel the Technomadia, Tales from Technomadia YouTube channel that has been chronicling all of that um, now we've been do, got a really great series of all the videos of us doing the Great Loop and all the interesting places we've been. Yeah, and that's what we're going to be doing when we wrap up recording the podcast, actually, right. is uh, going to do a little live version of that, which I'm excited about because I have never done that before. Cool. So I know the, um, the URL you gave me to share is a little bit difficult to share. I, I have put that out on social media and in the AGLCA forum, so if you remember, you can find it or go to um, the Great Loop social media. But is there an easy way for people to find that when they're looking? Can they just go to YouTube and search for Technomadia, I assume, yes. and they'll find yep. it? Yep. Tech. So Technomadia stands for Technology Enabled Nomad. Mm -hmm. So that's an easy way to remember. So Tech Nomad and then IA at the end. Yeah. Perfect. Chris and Sheree, <laughs> thank you for all of the information. Um, and to our listeners, check out their website. Um, thank you for your time and for hosting me here on your beautiful boat. Thank you for coming here, here, Kim. To our <laughs> listeners, thank you for joining us once again. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.